Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for Native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, and welcome to Let's Talk Native. I'm John Kane. I am your host. And as promised on the last program, we are doing a two-part series on uh, the, the short documentary, The Bears on Pine Ridge. And we featured the, uh, the director, Noel Bass, on the first episode. And on this episode, we have one of the, the, the principals of the film, uh, Tiny DeCorey, joining us. So I, I, let me just go ahead and thank and welcome Tiny DeCorey for giving us your time and for, uh, and, uh, and for joining us here on Let's Talk Native. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm ha happy to be here calling from beautiful Pine Ridge, South Dakota, and I'm uh, very excited to share information and to gain knowledge from this um, event. Well, and and again, uh, to those who are listening to this podcast, let me let me break some of it down. Uh, Tiny has been very uh, active in in Pine Ridge for many years, involved in suicide prevention, specifically uh, what is now uh, more recognized as as a major tragedy in terms of youth suicide. Um, and there's a film that has been just you know, recently produced. It's in, it's in the film festival circuit, so to speak right now called the bears on Pine Ridge. So I'm going to tiny, I'm going to let you take it from here. Explain to explain to, you know, to listeners what exactly are the bears or what is the bears and, uh, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. The, the bear program, you know, um, we are a youth organization that started back in 2000, uh, when uh, we when we um, found out that a lot of our high school seniors were graduating on the third and fourth grade level, and they were not going on to to college, so we started there and we surveyed kids as to why they dropped out of school. We spent a couple of years doing that, getting everything in order, and then we uh, launched the Bear Program. So we used um, we used our our workers out there, our um, mentors. From a program called Youth Opportunity to help us get it all set up, and then we just kind of started off and and uh, gave birth to a youth development program that works every day to strengthen families. And uh, we took a turn for on our on our, our on our platform from strictly uh, education to suicide awareness because we were losing a lot of our kids. We've had you know, uh, kid after kid after kid take their lives. So we switched over and we kind of became a suicide awareness program as well. So and the but the, but the bears, um, in terms of, and and to explain what the bears are, it is it is really um, your use of um, young people in uh, in kind of soft, kind of cuddly <laughs> uh, costumes. That yeah. are that are really taking on an alter ego to reach out to other kids, and 
and that's part of what you know that's kind of the foundation of what what you're calling the bears program right yes the kids bring the costumes to life and some of the kids that get in those costumes are survivors of suicide and a lot of them are just survivors of life because they go through divorces their parents go through divorces and the parents get the divorce and they also divorce their kids too and so we they come from uh, uh, um, majority come comes from families that are broken up and we have those that are struggling in every day so what we do is they come in and they work through the program and pretty soon we get them into the costume and they come to life and after they perform they see all these kids just leave the the bleachers and hug them and grab their legs and they want to mouse girl mouse boy mouse they want to play with their ears and it's just really a good feeling for these young um, men and women and we have boys and girls in the costumes as in the costume as well so under the bear program we have a performing arts group and they're the ones that go out and they do the dances and they do the skits they talk about life they talk about life every day how hard it is and and they also talk about how wonderful life is and that life should be lived. And it's all with the kids. Everything is about the kids, you know. And if you watch the vid- uh, the documentary, you can see how they performed in front of thousands of people. And you saw the, the bear side with the costumes. And we also do real-life skits where a young man tries to hang himself and we get to him before he get he before it happens mm. we have a uh, babies having babies they don't know where the father is they don't know who the father is and those are real life skits that we bring we bring them to life wow and so the young people in the audience they can see themselves in some of our skits and so it draws them to the bear kids so our bear kids are able to talk with them and to let them know that I, I was just like you. I am just like you going through a lot, going through a lot. Now, one of the things that, that um, going back, uh, you know, before there was much attention being given to the, these youth suicides, you know, for all intents and purposes, in the United States, they considered youth suicides only as a statistical anomaly. Like, like there, there wasn't, there were so very few that they didn't even account for them, even as they were putting their numbers up on, you know, on suicides across you know, different backgrounds. But then it became apparent that that the number, the increase in the suicides that was happening on native territories in particular, not just Pine Ridge, but in, in other territories as well, started becoming um, a real concern and and was increasing at an alarming rate. And that's when you shifted from more from education towards uh, towards suicide prevention. You know, I lost a train of thought. I have a kid here tugging at my leg. <laughs> I, I understand that completely. It's what you do. <laughs> no, I, I was just kind of recounting how, um, you know, prior to 
some of the work that you've done and, and even the, the national attention given to the youth suicides that have been taking place in na- native territories, there was essentially almost no awareness to youth suicides. It was considered a statistical anomaly across the United States. And it's only been through work by people like you and others that have suggested that this is an epidem- epidemic at this point and, and that it requires, you know, very, very specific action. So, and that's where you had shifted from being primarily based or geared towards education and, uh, and high school dropouts and that kind of stuff. Um, and the quality of education towards, uh, towards suicide. Yes. You know, John, every day I remind myself that I will not accept suicide as something normal and natural. Yeah, we do. We are born and we die, but when the creator decides to call you home, that's, that's how it is. Not when you decide to take a rope and put it around your neck and hang yourself. Are you cut too deep as you bleed to death? Are you taking 95 um, gabapentin and we can't wake you up? And I, I say I that is not the norm and I will never accept it as the norm. And so the work is hard. Yeah, everybody's, you know, people talk. We have a, a group come through and said, why do our do your people die at such a young age? I said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But we don't. We have alcohol, we have drugs that are involved, and that too gets involved with our young people. But you know, we have to bring attention. We have to bring attention because it's not normal for us to take our lives. It's not it's we should be living our lives to the fullest each day. But yet we have a lot of young people out there that uh, don't have that normal day. They don't have a normal day. They wake up hungry. They go to bed hungry. They're being sexually violated in their own homes. I mean, and some of them are living in cars. They're living wherever they can under somebody's porch because that's their everyday life. Homes without po- homes without power and heat. I know that's exactly. also something that that or I plumbing. Yes. Or plumbing. We still have dirt roads here. And so we walk up to the kid and we say, how are you doing today? After they slept in a car. Well, how in the heck am I supposed to be doing? You know, I sit sitting up in a junk car, all rust. There's mice in this car. How am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. So, you know, we have to turn that around and, and say, gosh, it's good to see you today. Now let's get something to eat. Well, and, and I, I mean, one of the things that, you know, that oftentimes gets brought up is is the obvious historical trauma that Native people carry with them. And everything from, you know, massacres and, uh, and hangings and land loss and, uh, you know, and, and residential schools, all of that. But much of what the, the kids are experiencing is, is only it's only coupling that historical trauma with the trauma of what life is uh, is like today. And, you know, and part of that that most of this can be attributed to the abject poverty that is the result, the, the direct result of American policies towards Native territories. That's true. You know, you talk about historical trauma. You have a lot of these teenagers that are going to college and they've they've completed two years of college. And, and I had one say to me, Tiny, why does your historical trauma have to be my historical trauma? And I said, you know what, you're right. He said, I've got to work to get out of it. And the reason he said that is because he was in foster care when he was a baby. He was born, and the minute he was able to leave the hospital, he was put into foster care. So he was raised. He went from home to home to home to home. 
And the only trauma that he remembers in his life is the beatings that he got in those foster homes. And he didn't hear the historical trauma that the rest of us heard about, about the mothers taken from their children, children sent to boarding schools and, and all that. He, he didn't hear that, the, how it's handed down. He didn't hear how historical, the, the historical trauma was handed down from his great-grandmother to his grandmother to his, uh-uh. His was what he lived. But he said, it doesn't have to be mine. And I'm trying to fix that by getting all the counseling that I can get and by helping others. But think about it. There's a lot of that. Right. You know, as, as we speak, they're, they're experiencing their whole, their own historical trauma today. Well, and, and that's, you know, and, and again, I, you can't help but, but attribute that to, to much of the poverty that exists on Native territory, and which is not an accident. I mean, you know, I know uh, Simon Moya Smith in, in the film talks about the intention and, and what, what reservations were designed to be, which was a place for Native people to go die. And as we, even as we try to carve out lives, there are so many things that work against us, and you know, at the state level and at the federal level. So, and as you're trying to address the worst possible outcome for somebody struggling, not just with historical trauma, but the trauma that we experience every day today, we, you, it's it's almost like how can you address it without um, creating some avenue to create hope and 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 uh, or some prospect for the for the future for these kids in a in a in an environment that the federal government and the state governments have really tried to prevent uh, prosperity from you know each day we tell our young people you know don't worry about the government you got to worry about yourself and it's hard for them to go to college because they everybody thinks that because of the treaties that our education is free that we don't have to pay to go to school, but we do. We have to get Pell Grants just like everybody else. And when some of them go to school for, as that freshman year, they end up having to take out loans and this and that, and pretty soon they can't enroll the second year because they owe so much in loans. So they end up coming home and thank God we have Ogallala Lakota College, which is a four-year accredited college that the kids can come and fall back to. But every kid wants to leave the res. Think about it. Almost, oh no, I'll say almost every kid wants to leave the res to see what it's like because they're so pulverized here. They want to see what it's like and they want that opportunity to make it, you know. And so it's it's tough for them. And some do make it. Some do make it out of here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It is uh, the problem that exists on our territories has created almost this mass exodus of people. Uh, who only see opportunities by leaving our territories. And, and I'm sure that that adds to some of what you guys are dealing with. Hey, uh, I've got, uh, um, I do have an opportunity to, to have Eileen uh, join the program. So I want to thank you for, for your time and, and for the great work that, that you're doing. And, uh, and then I want to give uh, Eileen Janice a, a chance to, uh, to, to fill in and tell part of her story as it relates to the work that you guys are doing. So let me go ahead and introduce um, Eileen Janice. Eileen is also featured prominently in the Bears on Pine Ridge. Uh, Eileen and uh, and Tiny have worked very closely on the Bears program uh, and on much of this suicide prevention. So uh, let me introduce Eileen Janice to Let's Talk Native. Thank you. Uh, we're going through a little of this with with um, with, with Tiny, but I also want to 
again, express my concern that for all of the issues that we face on our territories, and obviously suicide being the among the worst possible outcomes, but but also missing and murdered indigenous women, I mean, some of the substance abuse issues, all of these things, many of the much of this can be attributed directly to the poverty that's on our territory. As as I was finishing up with with, with Tiny, she talked about the the strong desire that so many kids on native territories on Pine Ridge in particular have to, to just leave the territory. It's it's like the the their goal goal in life is to get out because there's nothing that's that is has been built up on our territories to provide hope and, pros, and prospects for the future and that must make the work that you do that much more difficult knowing that there's that there is an, an absence of um you know of you know, a goal for somebody to accomplish something there on territory from going from youth to adulthood yes it's uh it, it's really sad, you know, and, and we do have a, a good college center and we do have um, things that, that can be done here. And it's just but they see no hope in it. You know, they same people holding jobs because of all the unemployment. And um, it, it's just um, hard for them to see the light here. Yeah, I mean, because even if you go out and you pursue higher ed and and try to pursue, you know, education towards a career there's very little opportunity to to have that career realized back on our native territories and in Pine Ridge in particular. Yeah, that's true. And it's, um, it, it's disheartening because some of them could be, you know, you start from wherever and you work your way up and you learn more and more about our own people and everything else. And, and it's, uh, so then, then you build a rapport, but they, uh, they can get their higher ed. There's many of them that have, um, and, and, and it's just hard to get a job here. It's hard to get anything going here, you know, cause we don't, we are so limited in resources. Sure. I mean, it's one of the calls to action that, that I try to promote is this, is this idea that from, from even, you know, from community to community, we need to do more to support each other, not just financially, but, uh, but in terms of, the the types of trade and commerce and the the type of opportunities look it's great that that a film has been produced here um but film production and theater and arts are among those things that that if that we if we could promote and and actually realize that there could be careers in it that's one of those things that that you know could be among the things that we we try to build on our territories yeah so uh i mean it, it would be nice if we could take all the youth out and teach them our, our traditional things, you know, the bow and arrow and the drying of meat and all that. But it's just, we're so far apart. We're so desolate. And the transportation is nothing here right now, you know? Yeah. And with our um, parents having a hard time, no jobs, no cars, nothing. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough. Well, talk to me a little bit about, about the film um, and what you guys are hoping will, will be accomplished by, you know, by telling the story? Um, that they understand that um, we, we, we don't get a monthly check every month. You know, they, everybody thinks uh, natives do. Um, we don't get per capita. We're the poorest county. Um, we live in poverty and we, our kids are strong though. They have a lot of resilience, but it's just, people always say, you know, it's in the past, let it go. But, I still say the trauma from what they did to our ancestors 
holds us hostage. And uh, I just want people to know that Pine Ridge is here. We're trying. We have volunteers. We have uh, people that want to do things. It's just we don't have the resources. So we do the best we can with what we have. And we're very unique from the United, from the rest of the world because uh, we have to solve these problems with what we have, with nothing right. almost. And uh, but we do it, and and we try to to um, give our kids hope through other ways, you know. So uh, with parenting and 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 grief, and we change it to fit our cultural ways and our 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 way of life. And um, so like with SAMHSA grants and all these other grants, it's really, they want a certain kind of numbers and we can only give certain things because of where we live. And so to get these grants, they just like set us up to fail. So it's really, um, we're, we're in a catch 22 all the time. And um so any of these federal government programs, we are like set up to fail. And uh, we wish that we had more with uh, understanding of our cultural ways when this, when they do send grant monies and are anything, you know? Well, there's a lot, you know, when, when people, you know, point to the historical trauma, uh, oftentimes the assumption is that we're talking about something that was so very long ago, but I mean, it's, it was only in the 70s that uh, that they they felt they had to even pass a law that would 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 stop the outlawing of ceremony. Um, so it's yeah. and so you you add into into how current some of that trauma from the past comes. And and the fact is that it isn't just historical trauma. The fact that our that our that our people now are living in these very, very impoverished situations, that's not historical trauma. That's what we're, that's contemporary trauma. The yeah, idea that, that, that you've got the highest unemployment rates and I've, I've heard numbers in, in the 85% range, you know, the, the lowest uh, uh, mean household mean income and that kind of thing. It makes it very, very difficult to, to challenge many of these, these ills that have affected our territories. And, and I'm sure this is, this has got to be the hardest work that you, among the, the hardest things for you guys to overcome in the work that you do oh yes it is and, and it's so uh but but it means so much if we could get a, a youth to smile or if we could solve some problems for them you know that's our reward is just giving them that hope for the next day the next week and so like many of our people are surviving daily so they get up in the morning and say, okay, how am I going to get supper on the table for my family tonight, you know? Or how am I going to get to work with no gas? Do I pick gas or do I pick buying trash bags to clean up? I mean, that's an everyday life choice for our people. Well, what and, and it's even worse than that. Priority. I mean, every, every year, in spite of the fact that many native territories have extractive industries you know, with, you know, for, for fossil fuels, we hear every year of people, not just on Pine Ridge, but other places that, that freeze to death in, in homes yeah. without heat or without electricity yes. or without plumbing. Yes. And, and, you know, the thing about it, too, is um, people say mascots don't mean anything. But what mascots did was dehumanize us and made us like... We, we were not real people. And so they just ignore, um, they can't understand a lot of the, the way our, our, our children think in schools and everything because it's like, we're not real, we're not human, we're just what the movies put out and what 
uh, the the mascots do, you know, with the big noses and, and, and everything. And you still hear it today in Rapid City, you know, lazy Indians are dirty Indians, you know, and, and things like that. And, uh, well, there was, a, there was a few years back when, uh, when there was that whole incident with, with those, that, um, uh, crew from, from school going to Rapid City to watch a, a semi-pro yeah. hockey game and the people up in the box suites dumping beer on the native kids below them. So yeah, no, it, yeah. It, and, and I, and again, I don't think people can realize, and, and I, and I'm glad you brought up the mascot issue because, what the mascot issue does is it creates this false narrative that, that you know, that this image of the, the noble savage is out there, but it doesn't tell the truth of what, what we experience historically or what we're here, what we're experiencing contemporarily. Yes, that's true. And, and it's uh, just so they, they don't believe it. They don't believe the 85% unemployment. Yeah. They how don't could that be a real number, the, right? Yeah. 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 Because uh, they're at 20% or 30% in other places. And they don't believe all of our we're higher nine times higher than the national average with cancer or with suicide or with diabetes, you know, and uh, we are we really are. The numbers are really that bad. And, and it's because our life changed when they put us on reservations and told us, sit there, we're going to bring you your food. We're going to bring you this. We're going to bring you that. And so everybody sat there all those years because they were under attack. They could not move and go hunting and gardening and doing all this stuff. So we sat there and we took what they gave. And now we're junk food. We're all these things that they did. And, and it is genocide. It really is, you know. And and uh, they want us now to eat healthy. And uh, prices are so high that we can't even get healthy food i mean you know to feed your whole family so it's uh like i said it's a catch-22 all the way around for us and uh we just want to be recognized as we are a strong nation we are trying and we um our kids are so resilient but we lost our values and our ways we didn't lose them. We just put them aside and, and we got to teach them again. Well, and much of it was stripped away. I mean, and, and, and again, you look at the, you know, the, the lifestyle changes. These were imposed. So when we talk about the problems that exist on our territory, they were, those were policy driven. Much of this is intentional. And, and I think what we're trying to overcome right now is, is both raising the awareness and then overcoming this, you know, this imposed abject poverty that, it, you know, that our people have been subjected to, because, you know, I don't think anybody when the federal government you know, developed this reservation system where they took away so much of our lands and put us on these postage stamp sized pieces of property, it was never geared towards success. I, you know, I honestly, if whether they intended us for us to, to fail and die on these territories or just realize that there was so very little hope. I mean, Tiny talked about how many kids want to leave the territory. I think the federal yeah. government in the back of their mind hopes that we, we all vacate our territories and just that somehow just slide into the bottom rungs of their, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, um, the dominant culture around us and, and that, you know, our territories, you become vacant lots. That's so true. That's so true. And uh, it, it's just, uh, we're trying to break them out of that mold, you know, break them out of that thinking. And so when people get a new position, like our tribal council, they take them in and they train them. They say, we're going to do orientation. So they tell them everything they can't do. I always say, ignore it. 
try it. You never know. We might be able to get this done, you know? Sure. And, uh, but it's just hard because we've been so beaten down a lot that um, they will not stand up to uh, non-natives and, and um, say, okay, well, we'll just follow the rules. Well, come on, let's break some rules, guys. Let's get this going. Let's move, you yeah, know? Yeah, we, we need to create the rules. And I, I think that's one of the things that, I, uh, I, you know, the dependency on, on the state or the federal government to solve this problem is, you know, that's been, we, we, we've read that already. We know that that's not going to happen. So it is yeah. on us. Uh, Eileen, tell me this. Do you have a, a website or a, a means for, for people to, to send donations specifically for the work that you guys are doing? Ah, uh, yes. On Facebook, it's the Bear Project. Okay. And from and, that uh, Facebook link? It has link, everything on there. Uh, from the uh -huh. Facebook link, you can show how to go to a website or a PayPal or some, you know, some crowdsource funding mechanisms? Ah, uh, yes. We're a 501c3, so it's on there. Okay. Everything's on there. All right, so we'll we'll make sure that when we we uh, air this, we post the, the link. Is there a website as well, or, or just fa just Facebook? Um, just Facebook right now. Okay. All right. Well, we'll make sure that we we try to promote that as much as possible. Um, uh, now I know the film is right now being uh, shown in various uh, film festivals. Uh, I know that. Uh, um, Noel talked to me about uh, the film festival in Ontario and one in New York City and the one that uh, is currently making the film available through, uh, um, through the, the, the film festival you're in right now. Is it the hope that you guys will, um, will get this film out to other Native territories? Because I got to believe that some of the networking... You know, I think it's great to get it out into the dominant culture around us and tell the story. But, but man, I, I think as Native people, we need to do more to support each other. And I think telling these stories, and look, there are some Native territories that are more affluent than others. And I'm not saying that they, those territories don't have problems, too. But I, I think if we worked together from territory to territory, you know, it, it also creates this the, the means for for our children to go to another territory and realize that, that there are relationships that are still native that we can have that could be fulfilling. Oh yeah. We hope that it goes to other reservations and that we get calls from them and want to work together and maybe they can help us and we can help them. Well, we are putting this out on, on my podcast, and, and this is Let's Talk Native. Uh, we do our show here on the Seneca Nation territory of Cattaraugus, uh, which is in uh, what considered western New York. We're, we're out near Buffalo, New York. Um, but we get this out there everywhere. I will continue to talk about this, and maybe I'll even get you to join, uh, join have you join me on my, uh, I do a, sh a radio show in New York City and Washington, D.C. Maybe we'll try to set something up where, uh, where I, I get you and, um, and Tiny to join me on my, on my radio program as well. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. We would, we would be up for that. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, I want to give my thanks to uh, Tiny DeCorey and uh, Eileen Janice. Uh, the work that you guys are doing is phenomenal. Um, I, I think Noel put it best. You guys, are, you guys are heroes. And, and I know but people are not usually comfortable with that, uh, that label, but it sounds like the work that you guys are doing is just incredible. And, you know, and I want to make sure that we can support you in any way that we can. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. This is again um, the second part of a two-part series. If you if you're catching this podcast, I encourage you to check out the one previous to this, uh, uh, featuring Noel Bass, the director of the film The Bears on Pine Ridge, which feature both Eileen Janice and uh, Tiny DeCorey. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, do check out the film if you get a chance to, and support the great work that these two uh, wonderful women are doing. And um, and thanks for listening. I am John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Think about me one more time before you go. I've been feeling this way for far too long